0: Good morning. morning. Happy, new year. Happy New Year. It's good to be here with you this morning. My name is Steve Stone and I'm the pastor of Youth Missions and Care here at Bell United Methodist Church and we are so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning both in person and online as we welcome the new year. It's so good to be with you. This Christmas season we have been focusing on the concept of peace Peace on earth. Each week of our sermon series, Pastor Sam has walked us through several themes of peace. The peace of silence found in the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth with the birth of their son, John the Baptist. The peace of repentance found in the message of John the Baptist as he prepared the way for the coming of Jesus. The peace of after fear found in the story of Mary as she embraced the reality of her calling. The peace of Christ found in the arrival of God in the flesh via a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, laid in a manger, announced by angels and greeted by the shepherds. God with us, Emmanuel. May the peace of this Christmas season continue to carry us as we look towards the new year, as we wipe the slate clean, begin again, get back to the basics, both in our lives and in our faith in the coming year. Now, typically, when I prepare for a sermon, I start by praying and listening for what God might have to say to me. And typically, I'm kind of slow, honestly, and it takes me a minute. And God starts out kind of small with me. So I started out with a phrase. And the phrase was, signs and wonders. Initially, I mean, that's all I had. That's all I could discern. But as I ruminated on this phrase and started to listen for what God was revealing to me through it, I came to the passage we just read in our gospel earlier today. This passage is one of the few places where the phrase signs and wonders is used in the New Testament. The story takes place in the city of Cana in Galilee. News of Jesus' travels reach a desperate royal official whose son is so sick that he's at the point of death. And this official travels from Capernaum to Cana to beg Jesus to heal his son. The man begs Jesus to come and heal his son and Jesus states, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And then Jesus heals the man's son from a distance. And the man travels back home and learns that his child has been healed and that the healing took place at the very hour that Jesus had spoken his words of healing. Realizing the magnitude of these signs and wonders, the father, the royal official, and his whole household come to believe. Now I wanna pause here for a moment and hone in on a particular phrase from this story as I feel that at times it has been misinterpreted. Some read Jesus' response, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe, as Jesus scolding the man or rebuking the man for his lack of faith and need for signs and wonders. However, if we pause, take a look at the broader narrative of Scripture and place it in conversation with this passage, we might see something different. This phrase, signs and wonders, shows up throughout the Old Testament. It's found in the Exodus Exodus narrative. It's present in Deuteronomy. It also shows up in the Psalms and in the prophets in Jeremiah and Nehemiah. It can also be found in the book of Daniel, immediately following the story of Shadrach, Meshach, And Abednego, say that three times fast, (laughs) after their protection from the fiery furnace. It also appears immediately following the story of Daniel being saved from the lion's den. You see throughout the Old Testament this phrase signs and wonders is used in a positive light to speak about God's revelation of God's self and about God's divine intervention on behalf of others. If this phrase is used in this way in the Old Testament, then why would it be used in a negative way in this passage in the New? There are other places in the New Testament where this phrase is used with positive connotations as well. Both the book of Romans and the book of Acts use this phrase in a positive light. But to be fair, the New Testament does have a few places where this phrase is used in a negative light that does complicate our interpretation. In both the Gospel of Mark chapter 13 and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus cautions against false prophets that will appear and produce great signs and wonders that will lead people astray. However, in both these passages from Mark and Matthew the purpose of the signs and wonders that God offers is different than what we experience in this passage. In the Old Testament, God's signs and wonders do not lead astray. They bring belief just like the case of the royal official in our passage today. Speaking on the royal official, verse 53 states, that he himself believed along with his whole household because of the signs and wonders that Jesus offers. So if we read it in this light, Jesus is not against signs and wonders in general, nor the request for them, but against those who use signs and wonders to lead people astray or falsely prop themselves up. Again, the goal of signs and wonders is to bring belief, not lead astray, nor prop oneself up. So before we return to our passage, I'd like to address a few more passages in the Gospels that add to our conversation on this phrase of signs and wonders. Although they do not mention the exact phrase, signs and wonders, Mark 8, Matthew 12, and Luke 11 all seem to suggest at first glance that asking for a sign is not something good to do. In Mark 8, Jesus tells the Pharisees that he will not give this generation a sign. And in Matthew 12 and Luke 11, Jesus seems to suggest that asking for a sign is something only an evil and faithless generation would do. But... In each of these scenarios, the request for a sign is not sincere. In Matthew and Mark, it's the Pharisees testing Jesus and asking for a sign. In Luke, it's a crowd of people. But in all these instances, they are not asking for a sign for the right reasons. In all these situations, they are trying to test Jesus or satisfy their own insecurities instead of believing. In both Matthew and Luke, Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. And some of the people at the healing suggest that Jesus is able to do so because he's received his power from the devil. So Jesus has just performed a sign and a wonder and they still don't believe. And they're even suggesting that Jesus is not who he says he is. These scriptures and Jesus' statement about signs in these passages must be read in light of their context. Jesus is not saying that all people who ask for signs are evil and faithless. Jesus is speaking about the people in this moment who are calling him the devil, testing him, or disregarding the signs they have already witnessed. Jesus is not against signs and wonders because our God is a God of signs and wonders. We've just been reading that in the narratives that we've been reading throughout this Christmas season. We've just been learning about all the signs and wonders that God provided with the birth of Jesus. The angel's appearance to Zechariah and his being struck mute until the birth of his son, John the Baptist. The pregnancy of Elizabeth, a woman barren for years. The angel's appearance to Mary, and the virgin birth that follows. The angel's appearance to Joseph and his decision to take Mary as his wife and Jesus as his son. The heavenly host of angels that appear to the shepherds. All of these are signs and wonders. All of these are signs and wonders that we should take note of. Returning to our passage in John, with these thoughts and scriptures in mind, in mind. Let's revisit the statement from Jesus about signs and wonders. Again, the royal official begs Jesus to heal his son, and Jesus responds, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now I want to point out a few things as we return to this passage. First, If Jesus is rebuking the man with his statement, then why does he reward the man by healing his son? If Jesus is rebuking the man, we would expect Jesus to refuse to heal his son. Yet Jesus does heal the son. Second, both instances of the Greek word for you that are in this statement are plural, meaning that Jesus' words are not just directed at the royal official but everyone who is listening. So when Jesus says you, Jesus is actually referring to everyone present, not just the royal official. Now this is important for a couple of reasons. If Jesus is speaking to all that are present and not just the royal official, then the signs and wonders Jesus is speaking of are not just for the royal official, but for everyone there. Further, if Jesus is speaking to everyone present, his statement about belief applies to them all. So when Jesus says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe, he is making a statement about belief not only for the royal official, but for everyone present. So what if Jesus is not rebuking the man? but merely stating a truth. A truth that everyone needs to hear about signs and wonders being connected to believing. What if Jesus is just saying that unless we see signs and wonders, we will not believe? What if seeing signs and wonders is something essential to the faith that the people of God should be doing? that we should be seeing signs and wonders and proclaiming signs and wonders and sharing signs and wonders. What if that's what Jesus is saying here? What if that's what's going on? So you might be asking yourself, because I ask this a lot in sermons, why does all this matter? Like, what's the point? Well, to me, in our postmodern enlightenment context, which is just a fancy way of saying past the age of reason, we tend to value science and reason over signs and wonders. Now, let me be clear here. I'm not against science and reason, in fact, I'm kind of nerdy about it and I love it. I love science and reason. And personally, I believe they are essential to a healthy faith. I think God gave you a brain and you ought to use it. And I think John Wesley, one of the founders of the Methodist Church, would agree with me. As United Methodists, we value what has been identified as the Wesleyan quadrilateral. It's like a fancy word for four sides. This quadrilateral represents the four major components of a healthy faith. Scripture, reason, tradition, and experience. You see, Wesley built on his Anglican theological background for this. His Anglican theological background focused on scripture, reason, and tradition, and Wesley added the fourth component of experience to the Methodist theological framework. This is significant because experience is about both our individual and corporately shared experiences with God as a community of faith. Experience is how we view signs and wonders and how we share them with one another. It's through our experience of signs and wonders that we see God in our daily lives and in the lives of others. Now, although science and reason are essential, they should not be valued over experience of signs and wonders. Because you see, our God is a God of signs and and wonders. We've just been looking at that. Our God is a God of signs and wonders. Sometimes we can use our science and reason to intentionally or unintentionally explain away or devalue signs and wonders. And when we do, we cheat ourselves out of the fullness of God. Because unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. If we read this statement from the Gospel of John, not as a rebuke, but as a statement of truth, a statement that unless we see signs and wonders, we will not believe, then as Jesus followers, as the people of God, we had better begin to notice signs and wonders and share them with each other in our daily lives. You see, God is not hiding from us. God is not hiding God's self from us. God is constantly revealing God's self to us. God is constantly offering signs and wonders. But the question is, will we see these signs and wonders? Will we take notice of them? Will we share them with one another? Will we share these signs and wonders? What signs and wonders have you seen this past week, this past month, this past year? Now when I speak of signs and wonders, I'm not speaking just of miracles, although miracles are definitely a part of God's signs and wonders. When I speak of signs and wonders, I'm also speaking of all the ways that God reveals God's self in our daily lives. Signs and wonders don't have to be grandiose to be signs and wonders. They can be a text or a call from a friend at just the right moment. They can be the sweet, unconditional love of a child. They can be a series of coincidences that just line up a little too easily to be happenstance. Signs and wonders can be the revelation of God and God's beauty through nature art, a song, a book, a poem. They can be the anointing hands of a child offering a blessing and worship at this very chancel rail. The washing of feet at a Lenten service. The sacraments of communion and baptism celebrated here in this very space. They can be the hands and feet of our congregation going out and serving for a day of missions in our local community, offering collections or donations or various items to those in need, offering a meal, a bed, and a warm place to sleep for a night. But these signs and wonders are not limited to our sanctuaries or our holy spaces because all of creation is God's sanctuary and God's holy space. These signs and wonders can show up at unexpected places, at unexpected times. They are not limited by our boundaries or our understanding or our reason. They can be a babe wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. They can be rugged outcasts offering the truth of a heavenly message. They can be stars in the night sky guiding our way home. They can be a rental van needed at just the right moment. Yeah, I said it. Rental van at just the right moment. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you've heard this story or you might have heard it. At the end of this past summer, our youth experienced signs and wonders via the kindness of the Mount Juliet police, workers at a local emergency clinic, and Two Rivers Ford. We were on our way to Lake Tansy for an annual retreat where we honor our seniors and wish them goodbye as they take the next step in their lives. And our church bus broke down at a random exit in Mount Julia. Now some of the things I haven't shared before are this. We were running behind because there was a kid who didn't show up and didn't text and I forgot them. It's confession time, I guess. So we wouldn't even have been at that exit. We weren't supposed to be at that exit. We actually had to stop just before that exit at a McDonald's and hang out for a minute and let youth eat fries so that they could catch up to us. And we get back on the interstate and we're headed and our bus breaks down, literally like I lose control of the vehicle. We have to exit immediately and the exit we get off on has nothing except for maybe Amazon which is about a mile away and this emergency clinic so we pull in behind the emergency clinic there's a police officer there who comes over to us and if I'm being totally honest in my mind I was thinking oh is this the local Barney Fife (laughs) wasn't being very kind this officer turned out to help us through a network of his friends He helped us find a rental van so that we could continue our journey and make it to Lake Tansy. Now, for some people, that's just a bunch of coincidences. But for me, it's a sign and wonder. By the way, the guy who owns Two Rivers Ford, he lives in Bellmead. Just saying. Probably just a coincidence. Signs and wonders surround us in our daily lives, but the question is, will we take notice and will we share them with others? If we take anything from this passage today, I pray that we realize that like the royal official, we must first see signs and wonders, and then we must share them with others because signs and wonders are meant to be shared. They're meant to be proclaimed, celebrated, and cherished because unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Because as the people of God, we are called to see signs and wonders and share them with one another. We as the people of God are called to be a people that see signs and wonders of God and proclaim them to the world. Because unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. May we have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the voices to proclaim the good news. For our God is a God of signs and wonders. Thanks be to God. Amen.